0: SECTION 2 OF A MINOR WAR HISTORY This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A MINOR WAR HISTORY BY MARTIN ALONZO HAINES LETTERS 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 LETTER 4. CAMP CONSTITUTION, PORTSMOUTH, MAY eleventh, 1861 I've been expecting all this week that I would have an opportunity to run up home today, but have just learned that General Stark has issued orders that no man is to leave camp till the regiment is uniform, which he expects will be next Monday or Tuesday. There is a rumor circulating that this regiment will not be ordered into active service unless we enlist for three years or until the war is ended. But Fred Smith told me yesterday he would warrant we should be ordered off within ten days. If we are not, I think nearly all the boys will enlist for the war. We started out to see the rebels put down, and we are not willing to go home without seeing it done, and having a hand in it. I do not think the war will last more than a few months. Since our little affair with the commissary, we have had first-rate grub. Open brackets. This refers to the Rag-Hash War, when the abbot guard rebelled against the rations and marched over to the city in a body for something to eat. Close brackets. We were placed under arrest when we got back and kept under guard 24 hours. I gave a pretty plain statement of the affair in my letter to the American, and yesterday down came Fred Smith to see about it. With one of the governor's aides, he went around and investigated pretty thoroughly, and there are already signs of a decided improvement. 5. Camp Constitution, Portsmouth, May 16, 1861 You have doubtless been expecting me every day for a week. I wrote Tuesday throwing out a hint that I might be up Wednesday, but when Wednesday came there was no move to uniform us, and I had to wait. But today something definite has transpired. We are officially informed that an opportunity will be given us to re-enlist for three years or the war, or to be discharged. We can take it or leave it. The Abbot Guard had a meeting this afternoon, and a majority voted to offer the services of the company to the President for the war. Several of them will not go, but I, of course, could not be dogged back to Manchester while the company is headed for the south. It possible three years from home is a long stretch, but you can be pretty sure that the war will not last many months. At any rate, my fortunes are cast with the Abbot Guard, and its fortunes I am bound to follow, wherever they lead. General Abbott told us this afternoon that we should all have a chance to go home and put our affairs in order. 6. Camp Constitution, Portsmouth, May nineteenth, 1861 The regiment is now in uniform, the queerest-looking uniform in the world. You have probably seen some like them in the streets of Manchester, on the 1st Regiment boys. The suit is grey throughout, with a light trimming of red cord. The coat is a swallowtail, with brass buttons bearing the New Hampshire coat of arms, a French army cap to top off with. We have the Manchester Cornet Band here with us now. They came yesterday. They played in front of the barracks last evening. Lots of the good old tunes that you and I have enjoyed together, many a time. 7. Camp Constitution, Portsmouth, June 2, 1861 do not know how much longer we will be here, but not more than a few days. Perhaps not over a week. Yesterday the 1st Maine Regiment passed through here. I wish this regiment had been in their place. 8. Camp Constitution, Portsmouth, June 7, 1861 Expected I would have a chance to write a long letter today. I was on guard last night, and in the natural course should have had the day to myself, but our company was mustered this forenoon sworn in for three years' service, and the regiment has been marching and parading all the afternoon. I was never more tired in all my life. We shall be off in a day or two. Next Tuesday is the time set, but we may not get away until a day or two later. We are very busy getting ready to leave. A number of the boys have taken an ocean to get married before leaving for the front, among the number being Eugene Hazewell, E. Norman, nicknamed Enormous, Gunnison, and Johnny Ogden, the round-faced Englishman I pointed out to you down by the cemetery one day. We have lots of fun with the fellows who come creeping into the barracks late at night or early in the morning. All sorts of traps are set, and some one of them generally gets the bird. Sometimes it is the old trick of tinware over the door, which is bound to rouse the whole camp, no matter how carefully the door is open, or a gunbox set on end in the aisle, or a rope stretched across it. Just to bring myself to a realization of how long the three years ahead ought to seem, I've been measuring back to events that transpired three years ago. Three years seems a long time looking into the future, and yet many things that took place three years ago do not seem very far away. In the depot at Manchester I met Ike Sawyer, who has just got back from sea. I asked him how long he had been gone this time, and he said over three years. I was surprised that it was so long and hope the coming three years will sort of shorten up in the same way. Our company is now stocking up on mascots. The latest additions are a splendid Newfoundland dog and a pretty Maltese cat. Nick Bidlin is going up tomorrow to bid goodbye to a large and enthusiastic circle of female admirers. Just now he and Dan Mix are engaged in an animated dispute as to whether a man will get tight on gin sweetened with Sugar sooner than if sweetened with molasses, and Heenan proposes they go out and experiment. End of section two.